This is Season 7, Episode 16 of Beyond the Illusion. The Prison Planet Theory with Brandon Thomas. In this episode, we have a conversation with Brandon Thomas. Brandon has been on our podcast in the past, and he has a podcast of his own called Expanding Reality. He's an interesting character, and he definitely has a unique take on things. In our conversation with him, we delve into the prison planet theory, which I had never heard of before this, and it's quite fascinating. I think you're going to enjoy this episode. Let's go to that conversation now with Brandon Thomas, Tiana Roser, and myself, Tim Howe. I guess I should preface this in case people haven't listened to the episode right before this, that Brandon and I have had hours of this conversation before about the prison planet theory. And so I just want to preface it for people who might not know that normally when we have a guest talking about something, I don't push back very much. <laughs> I just hold space for different perceptions and perspectives. And today, Brandon already knows I have a different perspective than him. And it's fine. And I'm not trying to say that my perspective is right. But there, I just want to let people know the reason why I feel passionate about showing another perspective. I want to hold space for both perspectives. And of course, everything in between and outside of both Brandon and my perspective, maybe Tim thinks we're both nuts, but <laughs> because there's something about this prison planet theory that we're about to go into that I find very disempowering and sort of dangerous is the word I'm going to use. <laughs> and therefore, I think it's important just to show some alternate perspectives as well. And of course, everybody always, you're on your own unique journey and you're here to explore all the different perspectives that resonate with you. So yeah, I'm starting off with that. But I think not everybody, I, I'm surprised because I keep coming across the prison planet theory a lot. And yet when I bring it up into like the spiritual awakening meetup that I host, a lot of people have never come across it. And so I think that's where we need to start is what is this theory and where did it originate from? And I know Brandon is totally schooled on all of this and he's going to give us the whole rundown. So go ahead. Oh, God, what pressure. First of all, I adore you. And you know this. And I love your perspective. And Tim, thank you so much. And both of you so much for just being who you are and continuing the work that you do. And so I'm grateful to be here, uh, not only to be your special Amazing Who's Behind the Curtain guest for your 100th episode, which congratulations again, but also to be invited back to discuss this topic. Now, Prison Planet idea is interesting because I think it's both of those words and neither of those words at the same time. So we could sort of start by defining what we mean by prison planets. All of this, just like everything in this reality, has to do with your perception and how you view this place. So if you come at this from a heliocentric model. Let's say that you feel that this is a globe, ball earth, and that everything that NASA tells you, or at least the most part of it, it's true, and that that's the way that this place operates, then you can picture this as sort of a grid, an energetic grid around the planet physically, like an actual technology or something like that that's hijacked this planet is a metaphor that's used, and it's some people's perspective on that's what prison planet means to them, right? Like, what, what does home mean to you? What does prison planet mean to you? 
Well, to some people, again, based on their perception, it's that. Let's say that this is a simulation, right? That this is a computer-generated, one of those ancestor simulations like Dr. Nick Bostrom talks about, and that we are in a computer, essentially. You don't know you're in a computer, and that's the beauty about it, right? Now, there's no way to prove you're in a simulation, that little Mario cartoon. But if you look at it from that perspective, then what you're saying here is that you're trapped here. Your consciousness, in some way, is in some sort of digital avatar, and everything that you experience here is all digitally rendered, which, scientifically, you can't prove that what you're experiencing is what you're experiencing. It's all electronic impulses. You could be a brain in a vat somewhere. So if you look at it like that, then that's kind of a prison, right? If you're just a consciousness, let's say a conscious brain in a vat, maybe your body is long wasted away. At some point you decided, hey, I just want to live this way. And there's a technology that is capable of doing that. Then you put your consciousness, whatever that means, as low as you can slice your body down. I had a guest, Thomas Gorenz, just got released recently on the channel there. And we were talking about this philosophical argument about like, what is you? What makes you up? And if you slice your arm off, well, that's not you, right? And so how many pieces of you can we take away before you is gone? And if you look at it that way, you can still function at a pretty high degree. And from there, all it takes is for your perception to be apprehended, your perspective, that's it. It doesn't take this elaborate computer science game. It could work that way. But all you have to do at that point is completely hijack the perception of the occupant or the participant. Now, again, this is all just philosophical at this point, but leading down these roads will sort of give you the sight to see this at a level. This coupled with, if you want to call it a dark night of the soul, I actually have some insight on this. I met with an astrologer, Ksenia Moore. Highly recommend you guys have her on. She's wonderful. I actually connect you. I'll just note it here. And she talked about, my wife even was super concerned, and so she said, I'm going to pull your chart. She pulled the chart and said, here's what's going on. You actually got absolutely right by the universe, by all the celestial bodies. You had your Pluto square, as well as something happened with Saturn, and it's going to continue for a little bit. My Pluto square is not done yet, but the bulk of it's done. And then there was something to do with Uranus, so got it in the Uranus too. And all of those things like squared <laughs> at one time, and it was this perfect storm. And not only that, if you looked across, we had eclipse season going on there, which say what you want about any of that kind of stuff. Astrology is fascinating, and it definitely has an impact on what occurs here. And so even from a prison planet perspective, you could say that that is at least a key that you have floating above you. It absolutely indicates some things that are, that are very interesting here, and you could set your clock by. So as a PSA, if you are about 38 to 40 years old, somewhere in there, look at your chart and wherever your Pluto is, find out when it's squaring you and go to India for two months. Go away, go in the woods, turn all technology off, like just get away from everybody. It's gonna be a shit show of a time. If you've already gone through it and didn't know, congratulations, but it's a shit show. So having gone through this perspective, having stripped away all the new age-ness that I was looking into and really felt that was a viable option for me to entertain from my experience here, and then just shredding all of that away. In that process, as it goes, uh, when the student is ready, the master will appear. And I started really getting some interesting emails before I started putting anything out about, hey, you should have this guest on, this guy named Tony Sayers. He's wonderful. Had him on New Age is the New Cage. Now, Tony does some awesome work, and he shined a light on the other side of spirituality, which I think is really what this prison planet's idea is all about and why it sucks is because it shines a light on the light, honestly. And so it shows the light, I think, and reminds the light that wants to be there and wants this place to be different that it's not going to be. 
and that really the light within you knows what's going on here. Like that's the deepest part of this is you know something's fucked up. You know something deep down. You feel homesick. You feel that you need comfort. And that's why there's guides ready to connect here, which is this idea of archons, which we can absolutely touch on. But it's this desire for home. It's this homesickness. And no matter how I looked at spirituality and the light and love and light and all that kind of stuff and really, really, really attempted to do that right, I was just shown a reflection of how fucked up this place is. And so from that perspective, again, I was gifted with these amazing authors like Howdy Mikowski. I've got him coming on the show soon and could not recommend this more. Actually, this Exit the KB reads for free on YouTube, Howdy Mikowski. If you want to check him out, perspectives like his offer a new perspective on the prison planet idea, which is it redefines it. So back to what we're talking about. It's a new perspective, but it mirrored what I was experiencing coming out of the New Age hangover so perfectly that then that led me into a whole vat of other research. Like I've got the freaking Bhagavad Gita. I'm like looking into all of this additional literature that talks about a time where there was a beautiful place and there is, and it exists. It's just not here. The idea goes is that, and I'm no expert on this. Thank you for the beautiful introduction. I'm very curious about it, but I feel the more curious I get, the more questions I have, right? The more I learn about it, the more questions I have. Essentially, it boils down to very reductively is that what we're experiencing here is a copy of a real reality that the real light of everything, the absolute, the one source, all of it exists. It's just not here. It's here in pieces, but those pieces are hostages and those hostages are you. So the idea here goes that again, sources and it's got to do with eons and it's got to do with these creatures being created and then Sophia being one of the feminine counterparts because everything had to have a masculine and feminine balance and that's how things were created. They had unlimited creativity, but it had to be balanced. Sophia broke off on her own and said, hey, I'm going to do some shit on my own. I just want to kind of check out what's going on. And because it's unbalanced, she created something called the Demiurge. I forget his name. I'm not going to try and pronounce it here, but any essentially, he is referred to as the first Archon. So where we get this idea of Archons, which some people say that that's what the Ark in Archangel is. It's essentially an Archon. It's a trickster energy that was bestowed to 12 different gods at this Demiurge who was split off in darkness. And that's why he's called like the Dim Ruler, because he only has a piece of the light in him, but all of his creations had all the ability to create, but no light. And everything that they create is horrible. So uh, this is where we live. And he needed souls and spirits to animate this place. And we sort of either got trapped here. We said, hey, buddy, we'll help you out. Any of these things, somehow you're here. And in that process, you have gone through a reincarnation cycle, which is 99.9% what's going on here is that this is a farm in which you are recycled here. And then your memory is wiped, of course, which rules out in my mind and others that this is a school in particular because you're unable to actually retain memory in very basic ways. Like you can prove this in simple ways. So the idea that something like this exists as a place to sort of feed itself. And so the way that this looks, again, as a prison planet is that you're unaware that you're being fed off of. Movies like The Matrix and Dark City and things like this attempted to articulate it. And this is why Keanu Reeves was like, oh, it's a documentary. And people always oh, write that off as whatever. But... If you look at it from the perspective of the Cathars and the Gnostics, that is a great articulation for our times of what they were trying to say back then, that this is a copy of a dope-ass place and you're a hostage here. Now, there is a way out, which is beautiful. So it is a prison, but the rest of my time here, really a huge part of my being is going to be Shawshanking my way out of this bitch to not get fooled by the Archons into coming back.
this is now the, my spiritual practice, to be honest with you. And I traded New Age out for this, for just getting out of here. I'm not looking to make the prison cell better. That's kind of where we're at. And I know that's a huge string of a lot of shit. Well, I have so many questions from what you said, but I want to start with what you just said. So what is the way out that is being proposed? Yeah, the idea goes is that the soul trap, this idea is the go to the light thing. That's the trap. The moon plays a big part in this. It's not necessarily a floating body. Again, it depends on your perspective. If this is a floating body in space and the moon was hijacked and it's a reflection from Saturn, which doesn't negate if you look at it like a plain field because the luminaries above do affect. And so this could still be a luminary. But as it goes, that's what you go to is the moon. And so the go to the light is where the moon is processing souls. There are so many stories about near-death experiences saying that they went to a light, and in that light, it was the moon. And they were stuck in some sort of hell, some purgatory, and had to wait for another body. Got a life review and got sent back down here, and it was a shit experience. A lot of people like Dr. Moody will write awesome, awesome books about these wonderful, consistent stories about near-death experiences, but when you dive into near-death experiences and you start checking out other ones, you start to go, holy shit. Like, there's a lot of things that don't make it into the feel-good books about the after-death experience. And one of them is that you're tricked. You're tricked to come back here. And it's done so in a myriad of ways. Your grandmother or your ancestors will show up. Jesus will show up if that's what you feel will be there. It's whatever you're most convinced by will appear to you, get you in that light, get you in the life review. At some point in that life review, guilt trip you so hard to come back here. Hey, remember that time when you were five? And you kicked your little sister in the shin and blah, 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 or you stole something and she got blamed for it or whatever. They will attempt to get you back here in any way that they can. And so that is basically what occurs immediately after death. This sort of idea that you're flooded with love and, oh, grandma met me and then I went through this tunnel of light. And all of these stories like that, if viewed from the perspective of the Cathars and the Gnostics and what Howdy and others are talking about, then you can see that it's really just a hard sales pitch that's given to you when you're being flooded with these feelings of love and peace and all of that after the shit show that is the ride that's called life. Now, no matter how you die, let's say you die easy in your sleep or whatever, it's still going to be a traumatic thing. You wake up all of a sudden, oh, am I dreaming or whatever? Ah, it's a dream. I'll just follow grandma. But if you're not alert, you just got hopped into another reincarnation cycle. And this is how they do it. It's a memory wipe and you're back. Why should we believe that perspective? As somebody who's a past life regressionist and guides people, I don't know how many now over 15 years. I mean, I know I've done over a thousand regressions. I don't know how many though, but never had that experience with any of my clients. And I certainly, I am very open to, I don't rigidly follow the protocol of how I was trained. I guide people to a certain state and then I ask them, what are you experiencing? I don't say, oh, is your family member there? <laughs> I don't yeah, do that yeah. kind of leading type of thing. And yet none of my clients have those experiences. And even what you're saying, there's a percentage of people that have this negative type of experience. And there's a, another percentage of people that don't. And what I'm hearing is like, to me, I mean, I certainly do believe that there are dark forces. And I think that even some of what you say very well could likely be true. I do think it's very possible. I, I lean towards this. There are, are parts of our reality that got co-opted and there are negative forces behind the scenes that manipulate and control things a lot of ways. And yet I still know within my being that I chose as an empowered being to be here and knowing that. And even if these things feed off of 
negative energy that doesn't infringe on my experience while I'm here and that I've gotten a lot of growth and evolution while I'm here. So anyway, I can go on about that because I think that's another point to make as far as like, why would they, they being (laughs) the archons, the demiurge, whatever, create a reality that provides us with so much opportunity, a value of growth and evolution and love. And it's not illusionary. I mean, how can you say what is illusionary? There's only a, a piece, even you said there's a light within us. So there's a light within us that is where we come to our higher knowing and just it's the difference of knowing what's coming from my personality ego awareness or what's coming from my higher consciousness that allows me to discern that. But my thing is that I feel like you're worried about the light tricking you, but this is the biggest trickster of the dark is don't trust the light. Don't trust anything, all of the light. So there's a loving being. Oh, don't trust that. If you feel something good and you receive help and support, oh, it's all just the dark tricking you. So don't trust the light. It feels like, oh, that's the greatest trick the dark could ever do is to get you to not trust the light and to get you to think that your life here is just a big prison sentence and then to not make any effort to grow and evolve and use your time well while you're here and spread a lot of love and shift your vibration, that would be the best tool that the dark could ever do. Love it. Love your perspective. What I would say to this is, is that the dark loves shit energy. And that's the thing about it. Heavy, dense, low vibrational energy, whatever. But it will take any energy that you give it. So it also, whenever we talk about their ability to siphon off of you and it's not as linear as we experience time and so here's how i think of this idea of the archons and where the entities are and their ability to manipulate anything anything and it's so deep that it goes so deep the the whole point of this realm by the way is mental so that spark within you is just bombarded constantly with stories after stories after delusions after distractions after all of that shit to where it can't see the light within it this is the whole idea is to deny the things here but also it's not i don't find that it's a hundred percent balance thing to where because balance is the name of the game we'll talk about it but i don't think also that you should go sit in a cave somewhere and meditate the whole damn time i think that that's missing the point i think also that this idea of spiritual bypassing and all of that misses the point to another level and the point of that is what mark passio talks about if you guys look this up there's a seven hour video that he does It's amazing. Mark Passio is his name. And he talks about balance and how disturbed it gets when it comes to the New Age movement. What it really does a great job at, if you sit there and think about that I'm manifesting my reality, I'm connecting with gods, I'm being told something, giving my power away over to someone that says they and experience that they have power from any perspective. It doesn't matter the motive. You've got to take emotion at it. Look at it from an observer. That's all. I'm giving power over to someone, if this is an attention game is what I'll add to that as well. I'm giving attention and power over to somebody else who claims that they have it. I agree that they have something that they can offer me in exchange for my energy. If you look at it that way, then it's just an exchange of energy. But if you look at the preference of energy of the realm in which we exist, then Archons seem to run the show in a way that it pokes you, it prods you for this negative energy at some point. You will be given a carrot on a string. And maybe you have a wonderful relationship. Maybe you have one of these symbiotic relationships to where you're the little fish on the shark, right? The little fish need to be there to pick the parasites off of the shark because it's too big to do so. Now, the 
shark then kills bigger things, and then they get the little scrumpins that before they make it to the seafloor, right? That's called a symbiotic relationship. But that fish gets out of line or that shark gets hungry, that fish is the first thing on the menu. There is zero consideration for that energy and that energy exchange once it's no longer viable. Whenever you look at something like the span of a human life, and if you are an archon, okay, you exist, which means that you exist in the fourth dimension, which Dolores Cannon and everybody, nobody wants to talk about that. We're going from third to fifth, third to fifth. But if you think about it, the fourth is here with us now, which is more likely what we're in. It's the, the third dimension, the fourth dimension disguised as the third. And what that means to me and others is that there's an invisible layer here and it can be anything. It can manipulate. It's a parasitic mind that it has control over the way that you perceive reality. And it's great at its job. It's elaborate as shit at it. It's whole function is to keep you in the game, but also to maximize and harvest as much energy as it can out of you, which is interesting why harvest moons are so prevalent and everybody's so excited about that. Also having to do with the moon as a soul trap. So if you look at it that way, archons being outside of our three-dimensional perspective of time, because we're like a little layer on the bottom, we're like the little bottom-feeding creatures of this reality, but archons are above that. They can turn into anything, UFOs, poltergeist activity, Bigfoots, your grandma, Jesus, anything, right? And if that's the case, then they're outside of time. So what that means is, is that you agree to some energetic contract with something that you don't understand. If you're asking the right questions, then they'll leave you alone because you... I've found that I don't get connected with anything because I'm asking too many questions and I'm not going to be roped into something that they're not going to be able to prove to me is altruistic. And so I don't think that it's attempted. We can talk about it, Tanya. Hang okay, on. Okay. Okay. Get so, to, get to your quick, point. Cause like there. there's so much there. that you said that I find questionable. They're so. out of time. So what that means is they're outside of time. They can pluck anything that they want from you, lead you down a path that they can see days, weeks, months, years ahead of time, and you're committed to this time, but you can't see it. This is why maybe you encounter these, what we call tower moments or whatever, but it's all orchestrated because you have an energetic contract with something leading you down that path. And you're also taking others with you in the form of healing. You're planning these mental parasites in which they're also participating, as goes the idea. Also, I'd like to say I'm not 100% subscribed to this idea. We're talking about prison planet. I think it's a fascinating thing, but I find it way more viable than what the spiritual new age community ever offered. Oh my gosh, there's so much to say. But I'm, I love you so much. I, swear I know, I, I love you too. So and I'm much. sorry that you believe this because I feel great, honestly. So, I feel empowered. Well, see, well, good. Then if you can find empowerment from that, because yeah. I find it to be very disempowering, why would I believe that there's no proof or evidence that I would have some contract with this negative being, as you're saying? But even, oh gosh, you said so much now that I <laughs> I can't remember everything that I wanted to say. Oh, I wanted and to go back because you made an assumption about the new age and there's lots of problems with the new age and it's such a broad category. So there's the good vibes only, love and light only, you can manifest. I mean, I don't subscribe to that either. You're talking about a balanced perspective. The perspective that you're talking about doesn't sound balanced to me at all. It sounds like the equivalent of the love and light only people, but for the dark. It's just like the same. On one side, people are like, love and light only. You can manifest whatever you want. I don't believe that. 
there's a balance. And then on your side, you're saying like, oh, you're totally just a prisoner and you don't have any control. I don't believe that either. There's a place in between that. We're here. We chose to come into this duality and there are problems with duality, but there's a lot of growth and consciousness and awakening that can come from it. And my perspective is that's why I chose to be here. And I chose to not remember my other lifetimes coming in because that would color my ability to have a fresh kind of experience in my Tyana-ness. And yet I retained my level of consciousness that knows that I don't want to murder somebody, even though I didn't have that experience in this lifetime, or it knows that I naturally am loving and compassionate. And I know love, and I can't prove it to anyone. But there's this innate light that you said that we have within us. That's how we know what's true. Oh, this is where I wanted to go back to, because you said about giving your power away to these beings that pretend to be archangels or whatever. I don't advocate for that at all. And even my spirit guide, I mean, my truth doesn't come from, oh, because my spirit guide told me this. I have experiences. And in the beginning of my journey, even I kept going to my spirit guide and try to ask for answers. And he always kept telling me like, oh, you have the wisdom within you. And it's important for you to find that within yourself and trust that. He said, I'm not higher than you. I can just see things from a, a different perspective that you're not able to. But he always was guiding me to come back to my own higher self, my own higher knowing. And that's what guides me. And I did watch a video from that Howdy Mikowski guy that you liked. And he was saying like, oh, the biggest thing from his Exit the Cave book is to get people to ask, where did you come to believe what you believe? And is that coming from wishful thinking? And it's really not because nobody told me I wasn't raised with believing reincarnation. I didn't come to it because I was in a, a place of feeling hopelessness. And therefore, I decided to choose to experience believe in reincarnation because that gave me a sense of comfort. No, just when I started to do spiritual practices, the memories were coming back. And I didn't even believe in reincarnation at that point. But the remembering and the understanding and the awareness. And that came through within me. And I know you can say, oh, well, that was all just implanted, but it makes me think of Occam's razor. Like the idea that these dark beings are so powerful that they can create all of this just to trick us and that they feed off of our darkness. And you said, oh, they feed off of energy. I didn't get if you believe if they feed off of positive energy, because Both. to me, they can't feed off of positive energy and be negative beings like in order to be able it's a vibration it's a frequency and frequency is one of the things that helps me discern truth as well because love and compassion is a different frequency than fear and anger and disempowerment and victim consciousness these are all low frequencies and so this idea helps people to stay in that lower frequency of victim consciousness and despair and hopelessness that you're in a prison planet and you were trapped and tricked here. But I don't understand how a, a negative being could feed on positive energy and not shift and transform in its own frequency. It doesn't even logically make any sense to me. Cows may have an awesome relationship with their farmers until the day that that farmer needs meat. It's got to do with that, it, it, but some cows don't have that. Some cows are born in slaughter farms. I think of the people mining lithium over in Africa right now. You know those 
wells. I mean, some people are born in shit places. And if you look at this place, you really look at this place, then it sucks. And we can get to like soul contracts and all that kind of stuff. But what I'd like to say is from this perspective, which I'm not 100% on board with, I agree with you 100% with that it's somewhere in the middle. And this is where you find it. It's, you go and you you pendulum, right? And this is in Richard Rose's work. He talks about these pyramids of enlightenment and that on one side, it's an A and then a B and then C is this point that starts at the middle and then obviously points at the top, but it's pyramid stacked on pyramid. So there's many levels to this. And one of the top ones is this philosophical idea. I think there were three that he mentioned. And it was this religion is a big one here. And once we've all sort of climbed that pyramid and found our middle balance to where it's not hell and it's not heaven, it's definitely not what they're saying, but then there's something, right? It's maybe not completely nothing. And so I'm not an atheist on the other side of this, but I also don't believe in a, I would say sort of like this hell per se. I think the hell is your ability to be tricked so damn well. And I'm not outside of any illusions. I've got plenty of attachments. I've got all sorts of shit. It's not that. What comes with this is, again, with this pyramid is the balance from it. I had this delusional perspective of where I thought that I had a soul contract here. Or I wanted that really bad. And so I entertained that for a while. Once that was over, Howdy Mikowski, Mark Passio, a lot of dark shit. But again, somewhere in the middle is where I find myself now, that there's this C axis that you can achieve here. And within a scope of empowerment, like this idea that this makes you a victim is anything but. And here's the best part about this, because it does offer the most balanced perspective. If you feel that you are being connected to something you can't see, that's giving you information that you have an energy exchange with, that you don't have sort of an awareness or an understanding outside of its word, then with a being, by the way, that can create situations in front of you from itself, play the good guy and the bad guy. It's two wings of the same bird. And yes, it can't apprehend anything here. And so in that case, yes, you are being manipulated constantly. Where the empowerment comes from is knowing that. The trick is that they don't want you to know this shit. But now that I'm aware of it, I am unfuck withable. I am aware of my attachments. I'm aware of where I could be disempowered, but I'm so aware of the chinks in my armor that it's going to take a whole lot to get through it. So from this, actually, I found this level of resolve to where I'm not, again, accessing something outside of myself to answer anything that I need right now. It's an empowerment I've never felt before. And it's nothing that the spiritual anything, even the dark shadow works, made me feel this sort of halima, this like inner connection with this thing outside of yourself, even psychedelics. Like I have no desire to do ayahuasca, mushrooms, anything like that. I have empowered myself so much to the point that I don't need to outsource that type of insight. I'm not, again, writing it off forever because, again, there's a balance somewhere in between, and I like mushrooms every now and then, but I'm not looking at it for a source of, I got to figure something out. I'm sitting with things differently from this awesome place of empowerment where I see it all around me. And that is honestly the truest empowerment. And they leave you alone because you shined a light in it and they can't stand that. They scurry off. They're okay, weak. I'll say one more thing and then I want to give Tim a chance because I know I just keep jumping in and not giving and I'm sure we got to do has... like a part. This should be a series. Too. We should just meet <laughs> once a month and do this. But again, I feel like you have these assumptions about spiritual or new age. My path, my perspective is absolutely not to outsource anything that all the answers are coming from within me. And that's what I'm always encouraging with other people is to find that there is a divine light within them. There's a wise part within them. And we just have to find a lot of this comes from intuition 
inner knowing from my own higher consciousness. I don't believe anything because I read it in a book. I don't believe anything because even other people had these amazing experiences that were very convincing. I believe it when there is that part of me that activates that feels and knows truth and wisdom and again higher frequency and love and higher consciousness and all of these things together there's a number of things there's the energy perspective that i can sense and feel there's the intuition and some of its logic and then there's just like an inner knowing that is hard to describe but yeah i mean in, in some ways we're saying something similar i'm like don't outsource anything I mean, listen to other perspectives, but the reason why you listen to other perspectives is because when it rings true, there's a place within you that feels and knows that, not just getting swayed by the problem I have with the prison planet thing again is because most people come to it when they're in a dark place. And it can be like when you swung the pendulum really far one way and like, oh, I can manifest anything and having unrealistic expectations of what the spiritual path is supposed to be. And it's not balanced and it's overly in the light. And then people feel frustrated or tricked or something and then go fully the opposite way well then it must be a prison planet and i must be tricked because i was told all these things and it didn't happen but there's that place in between again where yeah there probably is some of that going on but that doesn't mean that our higher consciousness doesn't exist and it doesn't mean that there aren't loving benevolent beings trying to help us or that all of those experiences that millions of people have had all over the world are all fake and that you can't trust the part of you that knows what love is inside, even though we can't prove it to other people that exist. But anyway, I want to give Tim a chance to say something. So I'll be quiet now. Yeah, I- No pressure. I know. It's like, yeah. His hair looks great. If you guys are listening to this on audio only, his hair looks smashing. Go check oh, the video. Tiny, you look beautiful as always. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I just like listening to this conversation and, and giving you guys space to do this. But yeah, there are a couple things that I guess I could say here. I feel like much of this discussion is partially, and, and I don't mean to offend either one of you, but it's partially the mind games that we play with ourselves, the story that we tell ourselves about our situation and our life and what we call our life. And we all have this idea of what's happening here, right? And so it silently kind of plays in the background Uh, of our minds to give us a story, to give us purpose, to give us a reason to do what we do. And so your story might be like Tiana's and it might involve a lot of love and light and positivity and hope and that's fine. And your story might be like Brandon's is right now and it might have a lot of darkness. But at the end of the day, it sounds like Brandon did find himself. That's what I'm hearing is that you found a way to get to who you are. <laughs> and it might not have been the way that a lot of us do, but it was your way. And uh, I think that's okay. Honestly, I, I really do. I don't subscribe to a story that in many ways seems pretty hopeless and scary just because that's my personality. I don't find that natural for me to go that path. But I'm okay if you do. And I, I don't think that it's necessary for you to change that. As long as that works for you, that's fine. I do feel like you have love inside of you and in your life because I saw your dog come up to you and, and the dog loves you clearly. <laughs> and so, okay. and you do, and you have the same feeling for it. So 
I think that there is a lot of light in your life and how you perceive it is maybe different than how we do. So I see that happening. And then also this other thing you mentioned, I want to go back to because I did react to this is a lot of people are talking about this transition that's happening right now on the planet. And they describe it in these weird terms, like going from third to fifth, like you said, everyone jumps from third to fifth, which in my mind is actually kind of weird. I thought it was three, four, five. It's but, like the 13th floor in a building. You yeah. know how they don't put it there because it's bad load? They yeah. don't want to talk about it. But that's what I've shined a light on in my life is the fourth dimension. And that's what's like the glue of this whole – or that's the manipulative tool of this whole place. But please. Yeah, I'm, and yeah, I, I never heard that before, but that's what you come to the conclusion of. That's great. And I think that, yes, we're definitely in a transition period. I mean, it's obvious if you're looking around and paying attention, like there is definitely something happening and it's not like in our physical reality necessarily, even though, yeah, parts of it are, but it more has to do with something that we're perceiving on another level. Something outside of our physical reality is happening. And that's what I feel. And so, yeah, how, how it's termed doesn't even matter. Because we, we don't know. We, we think we do, and we make up things to call it, but we don't know. We don't really understand it from our highest consciousness because we don't have access to that. Most people don't most of the time. So, yeah, and that I just like hearing other people's perspective. I like hearing, even if it's dark, I think that's okay. But we just label things as dark, too. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's positive or negative or good or bad. Everything has to have a good or bad. I think that is also another result of our minds trying to conceptualize an idea, putting a label on it, putting in a category, trying to figure it out. And something that just can't be figured out, we should really all recognize that as well as that oh, yeah. we're not going to know things. There are things that are just outside of our reach. And a lot of people have a very hard time accepting that. But it's true. There are things that we just will never understand here. I think Tim, you're always you always have such great yeah you always have such great balanced perspective. But I would think I want to go back to what you're saying about like yeah, so it's our mind, it's our perspective, and to make it really practical, it goes back to well, you are here on Earth, and we're all here on Earth, and we're having this conversation. You are here, whether it's by your choice or you were trapped, and so what are you going to do with the time that you're here? How you experience things is based on your perspective. So I really like that Brandon now is saying he feels very empowered. You know, it was a few weeks ago that I was visiting him that and he, he didn't show. seem very empowered or happy at all at that no. time. And so if people can have this prison planet perspective and come out of it feeling empowered, great. Yeah. I'm not trying to force people to believe that there's spirit guides or any of that. It's fine that people don't have to believe that at all. Yeah. The the main reason why I was so passionate against this theory was because as I've mentioned before, I'm on Reddit and I just, whenever I see people posting about the prison planet, it's, it's them saying they want to kill themselves. Basically. I feel like it's really capturing people who are in a very low point of their life and seducing them into this hopelessness and this despair. Brandon's the first person I've heard that believes this, that said that they felt in empowered. Everyone else that I've seen, anything I've ever seen written about it does not come from an empowering place at all. And so I just want to poke holes at it so that people don't fall into this sense of despair and hopelessness and question like, 
how do you discern what's true for you? What methods are you using? Is it just your mind? Is it just logic? Because you can make a good logical argument for pretty much anything. And we've seen that now with how polarized every issue on the planet, just look at the war and people are getting so angry and they're seeing it from one perspective and, oh my gosh, but you could totally see it from this other perspective. And, oh, I'm the good guy and you're the bad guy. But what happens is basically it creates division and separation. And so this prison planet thing is this separation. Oh, they're the bad guys and the bad guys are doing this to me when my path on spirituality is to own that actually, because we're all pieces of the one, I'm the bad guy as well as I'm the good guy. I'm both. I've played the bad guy in other lifetimes. And the way that I bridge that gap is through compassion and understanding. And in that way, I can transcend the duality. Duality exists on the third dimension, in the fourth dimension, and it exists for a purpose. We get to see these different perspectives and experience them, all the different perspectives. But the way out of it is not because we're going to fight the bad guys and wake up from the illusion. The way out of it is to own all of it and you become your divine creatorship. It's one thing, I mean, I can say I understand that, but it's a different thing to embody that. And that's why I've come into this lifetime is to, through these experiences, be able to embody that energy so that finally I can move on to different experiences, but I'm still learning the experiences of duality. And so that is why I keep choosing to come here. This is a incredible conversation and for many reasons. And one, I'd like to thank you again for the opportunity for having it because this is, yeah, not something I'm like pumped about. This wasn't, it's like the people who go looking at flat earth and then they go, oh shit, flat earth is like a thing. Like I can't, look at myself spinning on a ball anymore. Like nobody strolls into this going, oh, hell yeah, I feel great. And so it does throw you into despair. And I think that that's a dark path that you need to walk. However you come out on the other side is how you come out on it, but you will be stronger and stripped of more illusion. It is actually beyond the illusion is through the darkness. <laughs> what I was doing was the floor was falling away in front of me and I could see this. I could see what was happening, but I kept backing away from it with this toxic positivity and this spiritual bypassing and this idea that it was part of the ride. I signed up for this and that I'm part of healing. Oh, it's, it's me testing me. It's me flicking me off the cliff, but I'll catch me too. And after several un that happenings, I disconnected from the idea that it was available to me. And so like the connection that you have, again, I feel is significant for you. And that does absolutely change the way that you perceive and so therefore interact with the world. My lack of connection, though attempting to connect like crazy in a myriad of ways, has led me to the idea that, thank God, I see it as a superpower now. So this is what's so fascinating about this, is because I don't feel like I need to defend my thoughts. I feel like I did have a pretty good parasitic thing going on there that I was able to shun out, and I'm so much more empowered from it. And so, Tim, real quick to what you're saying, the dark darkness I equate to realness. It's Again, one of these things that people, oh, that's the dark, oh, that's just what the dark would say from a perspective of light, not from, I feel, a balanced perspective. Again, when you look at Mark Passio's work, he talks about that manifestation was introduced by the satanic church to the spiritual community in the 90s because of its destabilization, because of its imbalance, the implications of its imbalance, which it did successfully so. This is well documented. There are so many things that have been infiltrated manipulated. And this is what's so, again, beautiful about being empowered. You see it. I've seen this for so long, being a conspiracy analyst and looking at 
Jordan Maxwell, God rest his soul. I had him on the show. I'm grateful for that. And work like his to where I'm like, yeah, something up's going on here, like the governments and the education and all that. And when you look at it, you shine light on it, it no longer applies to you. And that's like, that's where the empowerment comes from. So I equate the darkness with realness. But in that, I have never been happier. Tiana, when you saw me last, was I even capable of love or happiness? Absolutely not. My wife and I married, I've never been happier. I'm setting up events. I've got books publishing. I've never been booked more. I've got huge guests coming on. I'm very excited that I wouldn't have approached before. So it's changed my life for the absolute better. Like it streamlined everything because now there's no muck. There's no sort of like, oh, if I this, then that. It's not Newtonian anymore, but it's also not this delusional ideas. I'm outside of the AB. I'm at a different part of this pyramid and it was through darkness. Now on this, I don't have conclusions with this. I don't know what the hell's going on. And I preface this usually every time I probably hopped into it with the passion that I have that I normally do, and which is very convincing, I suppose, but I'm passionate about being fueled by the idea so much because I'm on the other side of this delusion is really what it was for me. Now, again, some people have a wonderful time with it. I did not, but I experienced more love and grace and gratitude and awe for nature and all of those things now more than ever. It's wild. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's the first time yeah. I've seen anybody come to that state from that perspective. And so again, to me, it's less about which is the right perspective because nobody will know for sure until it's time, right? We have what we believe based on our experiences or based on however you're discerning your truth, but we really won't know until the end of this life for sure. But then, like I said, okay, well, so the perspective that you're choosing, how is it serving you? Now you're saying, because again, when I saw you before, it wasn't serving you. And if it's serving you now, and if you're able to be experiencing your life in a way that feels fulfilling and you have your passion and aliveness, then more power to you. I, I don't have anything against that. My issue has been that everybody that I've seen <laughs> talk about this is not coming from a place of empowerment. And it was a very disempowering, very futile, despairing, hopeless state that fuels more of this darkness. And so this idea, people believe that everything is created by these dark beings, then don't feed them. Stop. Right. Stop feeding them. <laughs> get out of yeah. the get out of the negative perspective. Even there we could both agree. Well then raise your vibration. Whether I'm raising my vibration because I believe in this spiritual reality or you're raising your vibration to say screw you to the negative beings. Hey, either way, if we're raising our vibration, it's freeing us, right? So fine. It's like Tim said, we got, we got to ourselves. It doesn't matter how you get there. You know, the Cheshire cat thing, if you don't know where you're going, any road will lead you there. But we knew where we were going and we just took different paths and we found these amazing entities that are more powerful on the other side. Yeah. And I want to say something to anybody out there that's feeling, I apologize to him. If anybody out there that's suicidal or anything like that, I will say that through this time period, Tiny, you caught me in my Pluto square. Okay. I'm like, I was balls deep in this, like, Again, I'll show you the chart if it means anything to you, but we'll look at it. But you found me in the deepest, darkest part of it. And dude, I was like suicidal for like, th not suicidal. I will say this. I'm not suicidal at all. I've never thought about it to any serious degree, but it's never been heavier in that time period. I woke up with the mantra for about three months straight. You're going to kill yourself today for like three months. So anybody that's going through that, 
know that on the other side of it, there is so much power that you have that was not there before. You find a strength you didn't want, but you've got it. And you've got it to stand up to anything that's looking to usurp your sovereignty. And that's the whole point here is just for you to stand up for you and for you to play the mind game you want here. Now, I went through a real nihilistic dark period on the other side of the is absurdism. I've got a little fart machine thing that now I keep in my pocket and I take it everywhere. And my nephews and stuff were in town for Thanksgiving and I just kept farting this thing around and people just look at me like I'm rude, but it was great. I'm trolling my universe now because I'm in this absurdity phase to where it's a blast. I'm having an amazing time. So just hang in there. If you're strong enough and you're listening to this and you are, face that dark, but get on the other side of it. And if you need anything, reach out. I will absolutely talk to you about what it's like to stand there, look at it, flip it off, do the robot, and keep living out of spite. Like, that's the biggest flex to this entire damn place, is to see it for what it is, shine light on it, and then become so unpalatable because you're such a radiant being of light, knowing that it wants to feed off energy. So the last thing I want is to produce dark energy for an entity that I feel is feeding off of it. So I'm the lightest I've ever been. Yeah, well, I know, we, yeah. I know we're short on time. Tim, what did you want to say? I just wanted to say thank you for saying that. And thank you for coming on, yeah. Can you please let our listeners know where they can find you? Dude, I will come on here any damn time. I love you both more than anything. And actually, tell you know, guys, we need to uh, come do this on my show. I would uh, adore that. But to answer your question, Tim, directly, right now, just go to Instagram. I'm working on the website. The website's in flux. All the books can be found on Amazon. I printed a whole bunch of journals, and you guys can check those out. It's called the Expansion Series. I have Amazon. these. Brandon yeah. gifted them. They're yeah, really look, cool. The, um, we'll put a link. Yeah, we'll put a link so that people can find them. Yeah, amazing cover artists. Just shouting them out. So, yes, that's really where I'm at for now. The show can be found, though, anywhere. YouTube, Odyssey, Rockfin, Rumble, all that. So, yeah, we're not hard to find, but expanding reality. That's it. Thank you guys so much again. This is great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's probably a good thing that we had a time limit because there's still so many. I mean, I'm so happy that you went and got an astrology reading because it's exactly I knew there was something. I'm not an astrologer, but I'm super into it. I knew there was stuff going because I know those years, that age, I was like, I think there's something with Uranus and Pluto. But anyway, I'll have to talk to you about that some other time. But I totally would love to dig more into that with you just personally, because I'm so into astrology and how useful it is to be just aware of things that are going on in our chart yeah even the astrologer was like it's not the worst chart i've ever seen but it's pretty up there and she's like does this for like millions of people or whatever and i was like okay but yes let's absolutely talk about it and anything else you'll want ever thank you cool awesome yep. yeah thanks yeah. again brandon love yeah. you so much thank you yeah so good to see you thank you for listening to this episode of beyond the illusion And thanks to everyone that made this podcast possible. I'd like to give a special thank you to Brandon Thomas for taking the time to share his gifts and knowledge with us. If you'd like to find out more about Brandon, you can find him on a variety of social media and streaming platforms under the name Expanding Reality. Brandon is a machine and has a ton of content out there, so please check him out. This podcast was produced and hosted by Tim Howe and Tiana Roser. Music by Casey Henson. For more information, please visit beyondtheillusionpodcast.com. Thank you so much to everyone who took the time to post a review for this podcast. We really appreciate it. Take care.